This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Mr. Manny Man, Mr. Tanny Tan. And that's me. I'm Mr. Manny Man. It just occurred to me that you are. <clears throat> Did it freak your bean a little bit when yeah. Anne and Ellen uh, included the nickname, a known nickname that I know you have for your young son, Cyril, Mr. Man? Oh, yeah, Mr. Man. That's scary. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought about that. But yeah, no, that freaks my bean now that I think about it. I also call him Mr. Monkey Man. Oh, okay. So Mr. Manny Man is like the next stage of evolution. Right. We, um, Miles has been ill. Ellen. Uh, my son. Miles Nova. Miles Nova Green Ring. Yeah. He, we went to, uh, his one month checkup Mm -hmm. earlier this week. And of course, while there, he and my wife both got a cold. Cause that's just like, of course, like we were waiting in a lobby full of sick children. Like in fucking New York. How, how could they not get a cold? That's where, that's where disease starts. Right. That's ground zero for it. So they both have a cold, so yeah. it's been a pretty crazy couple of days, but our fun nickname for Miles when he's ill mm. is Cryles. That's good. That's funny. Because he cries a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that has evolved already in such a short time to Coconut Cryles. Okay. And we sing a song called Coconut Cryles. I'm ready to cry today. <laughs> that's great. And we just sing that to him. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. And it makes him all better? No, he doesn't like it. No. Nothing is really making him very happy the last few days. A conversation that I constantly have with Cyril that I only become aware of when people on the street give me a crazy look is I go, I say this probably like once or twice a day. I go, wah, that's what you sound like. Oh, I do that to (laughs) Miles all the time. I always say that's what you sound like. That's what you sound like. He'll just sit there in my lap going, and I'll do that at him and be like, that's what you sound like. (laughs) I also call him a messy bitch. That's funny. And I say that people, I say he's a messy bitch who's addicted to drama. Yeah, that's good. And I feel like if someone heard me saying that to a one month old on the street, they would not think that was great. I like that a lot. I think that's a great thing to say to a one-month-old. Um, dad talk. This has been dad talk. We probably we're baby nation. Be... I slept in until one thirty-five p.m. today. Yeah, because yeah. my boy is sick, and I was up literally all night with him, mm-hmm. trying to keep him quiet so that my wife, who's also sick, could sleep. So I've, I'm bringing the dinosaur energy. Hell yeah, that's what we need for this one. Um, I, we we flew from uh, Boston Just yesterday. Yesterday, huh? At four in the morning. We left at four in the morning. It turns out that that's the secret. Idea. No, it was a perfect Oh, that's idea. a good idea. Well, I didn't think it was going to be, but it's like the, the child was like just so surprised at how early we were getting up that he was like very good and quiet. Um, yeah. Up until we got on the plane, then he was a nightmare monster and it was hell and it was a nightmare and never have children and never go on planes with children. We're taking our son on our first trip in a few months to Minnesota. Cool. At the end of August. And I assume I assume it'll go well. It's easier with, when, when they can't like move themselves okay yeah i think he'll be able to hold his head up at that point but he still won't be able to that's like, fine. do much you th- else. he's your captive that's okay. that's great it, when they stop being your captive reasonably that's when it's bad 
Um, Can I do anything to like hobble him or something to kind of keep him my captive? Is there a way to like temporarily hobble a child? Like I don't um, want to like maybe I could just like lightly break his ankle like, or something. Like a boot for a car? Yes. I think they maybe just have big it. heavy boots. Oh, that would do it. Yeah, that's great. That's cute. Like really, and you could get really like nice wrought ones. iron boots. Yeah. There we go. That's just to keep him my sweet boy, sweet like captive for a little oh, longer. Oh God! And then like. 10 years down the line, he'll finally be able to lift them and he'll have the strongest legs. Yeah. When he can finally lift his legs, that's yeah. when he's allowed to leave the nest. Yeah. Wow. Run from daddy. <laughs> that's so sweet. This has been dad talk. This has been dad talk. Please don't call child. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to hobble my child. I love him very much. So far. Uh, hi, hi. Oh, and why, why? That, could you put some wang on it? Yeah, I'll put some wang on it. Okay. Hi, hi. And why, why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. club. So that time I joined you on the first club, not the second. Yeah. So that I could get, I could like yeah. breathe into the mystery. Yeah. I and then it. came in with you on the third club. It felt great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And this is a podcast where we talk about the great mysteries by the great mystery herself, and Mystery Martin. The mysteries in question are the Babysitter's Club mysteries, and the mystery in question for today is Babysitter's Club mystery number 18, Stacy and the Mystery at the Empty House. Mm. Scary one. Scary one. And Ellen mm. really buried... Yeah. The mystery this week. She buried the mystery. Yeah, yeah. It took a lot. It was a. It was a slow burn. Yeah, it was a slow burn, and I think. Well, I guess this is our segment where we say whether we guess the mystery or not. Do we do music for it? I don't know. I think so. Uh, yeah, baby B Liz. Baby B Liz. Baby B Liz. Take it I away. Did a song. Jack and Tanner guessing the mystery. Okay. okay. Thanks for that. Baby Thank you for that. It was to Sarah McGuire building ever. a mystery. Yeah. And it's uh it's our segment where we say whether or not we guessed the mystery. So what I was gonna say is that I think I guessed the spirit of the mystery, which was that I was very confident that whatever was going on in the house was not something to worry about. I don't I, that's not fair though, because it's never like the weird thing about these mysteries is like they're no, designed sometimes. to be mysteries, but like the main canon had more drama and more like intrigue than any of these mysteries ever have. Yeah, but sometimes there's a fucking actual dog thief, you know? Yeah, this time, I guess that's true. My, my, so I'll, I'll read my guess. Here's yeah, read your we, guess. I have two guess. guesses if that's okay. I, it's that's probably fine. not allowed, but I'll allow it. You you know you you do you do you. We at the end of chapter five, we have to write down on our guests, and by by the end of chapter five in this novel, it was kind of a slow burn. Not Very a lot had happened. It was just a lot of setup about Stacy doing house sitting. Um, but he, my guess is as follows: Here's what I wrote: It wasn't the escaped convict at all. Becca was sneaking into the house to play. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> here's what I wrote at the end of chapter five. Yeah. Mystery guess: Becca Ramsey is sneaking into the Johansons' house to play with Carrot. Wow. Well, that's interesting that we both is, guessed that. Is what I wrote at the end of chapter five. Well, well, well. What does that mean about our brilliant minds, our devious minds? Because they, Ellen gives this tiny, tiny, tiny little 
morsel of a hint. Yeah. In like chapter three. Yeah. About how like sad Becca was that Charlotte I realized was Becca on must feel a little lonely without Charlotte around. The two of them are best friends. And that's right after pointing out going out of her way to point out that Becca's house is right behind the Johansson's house. Right. And um, then but so but then yeah. so like Jack said, there was this was like a very slow burn. By the end of chapter five, we just didn't have enough information to to make a guess. Mm-hmm. So I actually made a second guess, if that's okay. Okay, yeah. So you made that guess when around chapter seven? Uh, chapter at the end of chapter twelve. Okay, so th- th- this is like three I chapters would say before the eighty percent into the book. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you d- you're not getting any credit for this, but I'd be interested to hear what you wrote. Now that's creepy, Claudia said a second later. All I could do was nod. We were standing in the front little hall table, and sitting on top of it was you won't believe this. A perfectly uncracked blue glass vase, just like the one I held in my hands. So to explain, uh, Riddle Babies, Stacy is taking care of this, the Johansson's house while they're in Paris on a trip. And one day she walks in, all this like crazy stuff is happening that makes it seem like someone else is in the house with her. And one day she comes in and a little blue vase had fallen and cracked. And Stacy thought it was Carrot's fault, so she went to the mall and bought a new one. And brought it to replace the Johansson's cracked one. And when she got there, the vase was uncracked. Yeah. So my second guess at the end of chapter 12, mm-hmm. three chapters before the end of the book, is, okay, new guess. They're in a bubble of temporal displacement, and they've become unstuck from time. I think that is much closer to right. Like, then, all these little things yeah. keep happening. Like, the coffee maker's on, or, like, there's a glass of uh, a, a used glass in the sink. And it's like, well, all those things would happen if, like... This house had somehow become unstuck from time. Okay, so uh, my I think that fits with my primary theory for this novel. I want to describe the book first so that people have a little bit of their bearings, but I, I want to put a pin in that guess. I think it might not be as far wrong as it might seem on a surface read. Right. And I actually will, don't think it's far that far wrong at all. Yeah. Knowing and, what we know about these books in this universe. Right. It's well within reason for there to be some kind of like temporal anomaly at play here. And yeah, I, Anne and Ellen confirm um, in another segment that we will also do after we've described the book that this novel does take place in an alternate universe. Right. Um, so that's something that's obviously front of mind for Ellen. And I have, and I would like to present to you after we describe and review this novel, I would like to present to you an alternate theory of the case. I think that the given solution for the mystery conceals a darker and vastly more troubling and interesting solution for the mystery. But first, Henner, let's describe this book and then review it. Okay. And, and who goes I, first with the I think you describe, then um, you pull up a mysterious game of 60-second burger run and play it while I describe during 60 seconds. It seems silly that we do the description twice, but I guess... So I'll admit, baby's been sick. It's been a crazy week. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a ton of time to prepare a description, so I did call in a little bit of help this week. Okay. I had someone sort of ghostwrite the description for me, and I'll, I'll credit them at the end, obviously. But I think okay. with my sort of like direction and outline, and really I did a, like kind of a pretty thorough first draft, and mm-hmm. he just kind of came in and cleaned it up. Okay. Um, also, I did this um, several years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, okay. The description. Yeah, so it, I'm a little distant from it now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's been quite a few years. I, we, I originally wrote this back in 2013. Okay. So I'm, it's, it's going to be a little new to me, too, since it's, it is eight years old. Okay, well, just try to project. Six, six years old. Project confidence. That's what I okay. always do. <clears throat> Babysitter's Club Mystery number 18. Stacy and the Mystery at the Empty House is a charming, whimsical family adventure about Bill Grauman who lives in the walls under the floors of big people's houses and supports himself by stealing, excuse me, borrowing, the necessities of life. His needs are small. One pea is enough to make a cup of pea soup. He's the one to blame for all those items that go missing. Buttons, cufflinks, salt shakers. Ever notice how ice cream disappears from the freezer? Borrowing and borrowers are the inventions of the American authors Anne M. Martin and Ellen Miles, whose books have been adapted twice into TV movies and now inspire this big screen, big budget version with special effects so amusing it's like Toy Story has come to life. And um, I just want to quickly shout out my ghostwriter, Roger Ebert, on that one. Okay. And are you going to say the title of the novel? And I said it at the beginning, uh, Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 18, Stacy and the Mystery at the Empty House. Um, Yep. And I think that explains a mystery that I had, which is they never mention how tall or small the house sitter Bill Grauman is. And now I know why, because he's a tiny... He's tiny. Tiny, and he he lives in the... Floorboards. Floorboards and borrows cups and things. Yeah, he's like a borrower. He's like some kind of a borrower. Well, that all checks out. Yeah. And posthumous shout out to Roger Ebert. Uh, yep. Uh, I know you're up there somewhere looking over me uh, doing that film description. You uh, honestly think that that's what Roger Ebert is doing? Yeah, in his, uh, in the afterlife. Okay. that's He's like, sorry, guys. I, I'd love to – I'm going to have to sit out this game of heaven backgammon because I need to – And that's I what little... you think Roger Ebert is doing? Yeah. Playing heaven backgammon? Uh-huh. Wouldn't, sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm going to have to sit out this orgy with <laughs> uh the Mona Lisa and um, Adonis. Okay, and that's what that's what you think Roger Ebert is doing. Well, no, okay. he's he's he was looking down at me reading this book description. Okay, because right. he he didn't have time for the orgy. He'll do, do the next orgy with um, uh, um, Mother Teresa, the girl girl with the pearl pearl earring, girl uh, yep. with the pearl earring, and um, I don't know one of the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, is any of them dead? I think she gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So, so what is we gotta hone in on? So that's it's that backgammon or, or heaven watching orgies, you, heaven backgammon. Yeah, or watching over you. Do a description. Describe that we a babysitter's club book. Yeah, together back in 2013 before yeah. he unfortunately passed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that is probably what it was. And He's been waiting a long time for this. Yeah. Up yeah. in heaven. Yeah. He, every every day he's in one of his heaven orgies. Yeah. And, um, oh, um, Whistler's mother. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Ebert, you're so distracted. What's the matter? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's just, I keep waiting for Tanner down on earth to read this book description we wrote together back in 2013. Yeah. And now I finally have, so he could, his spirit can finally rest and just yeah. like really engage with those orgies. Rest easy, old friend. Rest easy. Um, can I do the description now? Yes. Okay. Oh, God, this is my favorite part. Okay. Finally going to crack it. Okay. Do you need? You want hints, tips, and tricks for sixty second burger run? Yeah, right. Like you could, you could tell me anything I didn't know. Okay. Get your head out of your ass, Jack. Right. Well, try your hardest. Okay. Here we 
go. You ready? Uh, yeah. In five, four, three, two, one. The Johansons are going on a trip to Paris, and they need someone to look after their dog, Carrot, while they're away. That someone is Stacy because of her close connection with Charlotte Johansson. Stacy goes to do dog sitting at the house, and as she is doing it over the course of day, she notices that things don't seem like things that she had put in one place end up in another place. Like, she had to, like, put all the dishes away, but there's a glass of water that's suddenly in the sink. Stuff like that, a vase breaks, all sorts of weird, eerie stuff, and it coincides with the fact that a convict has, a very dangerous convict has escaped from a Stony Brook penitentiary and is on the loose, and so the babysitters get together to see if they can figure out whether the convict is the person who is secretly living in the Johansson's house, but... You're almost out of time. But what happens is it turns out that the Johansons had a friend called (laughs) Bill Grauman who was house-sitting for them. You're out of time. Shut up. No, that's... You're out of time. Uh Uh-uh. I get an extra 10 seconds because you made noises during the last... Well, I beat level six. Well, then I get 10 seconds. If you take another 10 seconds, I'm just going to start up a new game. No, don't. You are not allowed to make noises while I'm talking. Bill Grauman had left a note for Stacy, but... Carrot chewed up the note, and so he was just kind of like coming in on a business trip, and they he always has a key to their house because he's such good friends with them, and that was the the real mystery. And the convict got caught. Okay, turn it off. The, uh, just it's just to kind of correct a couple things that you said. The convict never got caught. They never get into that. They do, and I have no. Always... They say that he moves on. Oh, really? They just say like on the radio, they're like, "Oh, the Stony Brook police just kind of assumed that the convict moved on." <laughs> To another town, like a, a less fortunate town. What we'd like to do now is review this novel. Okay. And Jack's looking over his notes. Yeah. Well, I looked over my notes to prove you wrong, and you are proved wrong. So. Oh, they do say that he's caught? When I got home that day, the first thing my mom told me was that the police had caught the escaped prisoner. It looked as if the BSC could finally stop concentrating on mysteries. I have that written down because it is essential to my alternate theory that I have been teasing. But first... It's also very sad because it means we're done with these books. Well, I think... The babysitters can move on from solving mysteries, finally. Their souls are free. Convict escaped from... Remember Hidden Acres, which was first introduced in... Uh, Christy and the Vampires? The girl... Yes. The girl who is the uh, attempted murderer in Christy and the Vampires gets sent to a place called Hidden Acres, which... It's like Arkham Asylum. It's like your Arkham Asylum. Right. Which is where I think all these nefarious 'er ne'er-do-wells reside. The phone caller. Phantom phone caller. The dog thieves. The dog thieves. The um, jewel thieves. The guy who took Tigger. Yeah. All of these monsters. These... Deranged Hunter. monsters, Hunter Bruno, Bruno. Um, and this person, this convict who escaped, that must be where he or she escaped from. And right, but that's the thing about Arkham Asylum, right? And it's a little bit of the the excitement around Arkham Asylum mm. is that it, there, it's it is a supermax prison, right? But no prison can contain the likes of Hunter Bruno, right? Phantom Foam Pervert, or this uh, redheaded convict, or this redheaded convict, right? I was kind of wondering if maybe Bill Grauman, sort of this enigmatic anti-hero who okay. was the convict. All right. Let's just get into it now. We'll review the book later. Okay. Because that's my theory, and I am so excited to talk to you about this. So Bill Grauman, or the Gray Man, as I call him. Right. Which is what Grauman is German for. Right. The Gray Man. 
the gray man. The way that this mystery ends is that Stacy and the babysitters follow a number of clues that lead them to believe, including calling a number, like using redial, seeing that the phone had been called, and using redial to to figure out that the last place that was called from within the house was a train station. They realize right. that the, um, the, the whoever it is who's been secretly residing in the house must be at the train station. So they go to the train station, and they also know from before they found a hairbrush that had red hairs in it that whoever it is has red hairs, as does the convict, the red-headed convict. Yes. And this red herring, this, right. p- pardon the pun, yeah. this red-haired herring, right? Right. Yes, that's a <laughs> red very- Red-herring. I did get it the Do first time. Do you get time, it? And I got it the first time. Yeah. And- I took so, a few runs at it, and we can just cut whichever one sounds- No, like, feels I, the best. I think we should keep them all in. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah, mm. Really did like it. Red herring. Oh, and another one that we can use? And there's a woman who works at the gas and electric company who checks the meters who has red hair. She also has red hair. So they go to the train station- the Joe, uh, they they see this guy. They're like, "Holy shit, this is him!" They approach him. They're scared as hell. He's wearing a fucking dark coat, it's a like a trench coat, dark coat, which is something that Hodges loves to depict in the covers of these books. Same with the jewel thief. We've seen this weird character over and over again. Whoever it was last week was wearing a long dark coat in the cover, and just as they're approaching him, the Johansons get off the train. They yes. recognize him. Bill. And here's here's what they say. They say, "Bill, Bill," she exclaimed. This is Peggy Johansson. Okay, Bill. That's, she that's exclaimed. Mom watch. By the that's way, that's Mom watch. Yeah, that's a new segment we have called Mom Watch, and it's every week we learn a little bit more about the parents of Stunningbrook. And this week we discovered that Doctor Johansson's name is Peggy. Peggy, Mom watch. Mom watch. I will probably use the same uh, music As I developed Dad for Dad watch. Yeah, yeah. This has been Mom watch. Peggy says, Bill, she exclaimed. Bill Grauman, how wonderful to see you. That's weird. That's weird. It is weird. It's like she was caught off guard. That's like her best friend who she knows is going to meet her at the station, who is so close with them that he has a key to her house. Right. And then she says, Bill, Bill Bill Grauman. And then- Bill Grauman? The next day. How wonderful to see you. That's very strange. And then as soon as- Stacy realizes Miss Johansson is like, oh, this is Bill Grauman. He's been house sitting for us. That is the problem. Stacy goes home and the radio blares that the convict has been caught. Right. I believe Tanner that Peggy Johansson left the day that the convict was announced, as we know, mm-hmm. to have escaped, as we know, to go capture him. The convict did indeed hide out in the house. And then this, if you re, if you look at this meeting at the train station with slightly different eyes, you will see that it is a meeting between an agent. Okay. And a criminal. Yep. Crossing paths. Crossing paths. One last time. This is the scene of Point Break where Keanu points the gun in the air and fires it. Or is that Point Break? Uh, Yeah. Bill, she exclaimed. Bill Grauman. And then to save to save his face as a final act of kindness, she tells this fucking story to Stacy, and then she puts him in irons. No, 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 disagree. Okay. I don't think she puts him in irons. Okay, I think her humanity comes through, and she she does the Keanu thing where she fires the gun in the air. Ah! 
She lets him ride one last way. And then wave. just like he he's in the wind. Wow. You know? And then she makes up this story. She's like, oh, we have to tell the press that he's captured because all the children of Stony Brook are so shook by this convict being loose. But like he won't be bothering Stony Brook anymore. The gray man. The gray man. He's the gray man. On. And then all the shit was moving around in the house because of temporal anomalies. Yeah, I think so. Right? Do you think that? I think that is what happened. And I think that's the story that Ellen wanted to tell. Yeah. That's the real. Movie. It was a little too avant-garde for yeah. Scholastic. And yeah. They're like, listen, you can do that, but you have to make it seem like the, the, the gray man did the moving shit around. Yeah. We don't care what you do, but just like keep it simple for these idiot kids. Yeah. And Ellen was like, okay, I'm going to tell a pretty complex and, and deeply buried story about temporal anomalies. And maybe this, I, I like, I hate to say this, but maybe there was some kind of like romantic thing between Peggy and between Bill. Between Peggy and the gray man. Yeah, almost yeah. certainly. And that's why she decided to kind of let him go. Well, it starts, the novel begins with uh, Maureen. Mm-hmm. Because um, Stacy is talking to Maureen about how- a coat. Um, about she buys how, a coat that Hodges has lovingly depicted on the cover of this book. She does buy a coat, yeah. and they won't stop talking about this fucking coat. But the novel begins with Maureen pining for her long lost first love in Paris. So it sets right. the stage, Jean Jean Michel, no. something like that. But she's t- she's in a trance talking about the love that never was because of right. this man she met in Paris and then drifted apart from. That's setting the stage for this love affair that you've uncovered between the gray man. And Peggy. And Peggy. And Stacy does buy a coat, which is depicted on the cover of this book. If the gray man says something that is so enigmatic. Yeah. And interesting. And it really, like, it's it's not a, a, an idiom I'm familiar with. Mm. But he says, so that they are having this conversation at the train station. Uh, and he, and uh, Peggy, as we call her now, Dr. Johansson, says... Stacy, if you didn't know Bill was there, all those things must have scared you a little. A little, I admitted. I heard Claudia give a tiny snort. I'm so sorry, said Dr. Johansson, Peggy. We should have warned you that Bill might turn up. I'm like a bad penny that way, joked Bill. (sighs) Always turning up. There it is. I'm like a bad penny. He's not saying that to Stacy. He's saying that to Peggy. Oh, right. Always turning up. He's like looking... Past Stacy a little bit, yeah. right into Peggy's eyes. Always turning up. I knew we'd meet again, but not like this. And yeah, I've turned. And bad. then he says, "And now, how about a little help with these bags?" And like Peggy didn't want to make a scene there, so <laughs> it was just like, "Okay, okay, yeah, I'll I'll get you again someday, Bill." Yeah, that's so. It's such a beautiful story that Ellen has told. And then here. it says here, uh, "Now, how about a little help with these bags?" Bill and Peggy Johansson kiss deeply on the lips, and then Bill. Entered the train car, never to be seen again. Um, word has it that he did try to ride the biggest, most dangerous wave yes. down on in in the he big may wave. have ridden it into oblivion. Yeah. Look at it, Johnny. Look at it! This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, man. Just let me go out there. Let me get one wave before you take me. One wave. Wow. Beautiful. That is so beautiful. And there's another romance in this book. The romance between another red-haired... Oh, sure. Character. Oh, there's a fourth one. Nikki Pike and and, uh, one of the Arnold twins. Marilyn Arnold. There's something going on there. But I was thinking about the the meter reader. Oh, yes, yes. And she had a name, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. 
But she, so at one point, so the red, the, the red hairs on the hairbrush point, are a totem. Another red hairing. Uh, oh, great. And I'm glad, so glad that we have been able to revisit it and get another, another take of that. Yeah. Um, a, a red-headed meter reader shows up and scares Stacy when she's just starting to realize that things are like moving around in this house in a way that's very frightening. She says There's, her husband's name. Her husband's name is Joe. Okay, and she says like it's it's like a very weird piece of color that Ellen adds to the book, where Stacy's like, "Oh my God, who's this person?" And th- this the lady's like, "Oh, I'm just here to read the meter. Anyway, better get back to my husband. I work with my husband. We're fighting. We're in the middle of a fight. Never and, work with your husband." And then Stacy like walks past their van, and they're having this like huge fight, and she threatens to leave him. She said, "I'm like, gonna move out." Yeah, and he's like, fine, I'll s- let's see if you can live without me. And it looks like things are over. And then it ends where Stacy is like, is asked, I think, by Claudia what happened to the meter reader. And she's like, it's funny you should ask, I answered. I happened to see her and her husband downtown yesterday. They were coming out of the electric company building, so I guess they really were employees. And they were totally lovey-dovey, holding hands, grinning at each other, you know. Somehow, I have a feeling they made up. Why did Ellen... Give us their whole arc. I think maybe Ellen was it's all planning connected. on some kind of like spin-off series or something. Okay, yeah, the meter reader, the meter reader, meter club. meter reader romance. Yeah, that it's just like hot and heavy. The the Sitterverse is a complex and rich universe, and there's a number of stories to be told within it. And like the Babysitters Club is great, and it's perfect for like young readers, like right. preteens. Uh, little sister obviously is great for even younger readers, sort of like or early adolescent. Um, but then there's this whole like untapped resource in the Sitterverse, yeah, which is the Steamy Nights, the Meter Diaries, the Meter Diaries, yeah. And it's about the kinky love life between this meter reader, yeah, and her husband Joe, and all these like very sexual things she sees through the windows of Stony Brook, and how much it like really like. Gets her going. Do you think it's and Joe point? is like at home, like dutiful husband, like like he wants to help her, but her needs are just like insatiable because she's always like seeing these like horny adults doing horny things through this. And that's why they're windows. fighting. And that's why they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. But it always ends with them making up and Joe saying, "Now read my meter because it's off right. the charts. Read this meter." He says, yeah, "Can you read this, this meter?" Because it's off. It's it's off the it, charts. It's very high up. I'm using a lot of gas this month. <laughs> That's so sexy. Yeah. Oh. And then they try. They try whatever like kinky, sh- fucked up shit they see in the windows of Stony Brook. That's this is great. good. I, oh, this is very good. Okay, this is something. Yeah, okay. That's great. That's Can great. we do this, maybe? Yeah. Like, write it? Write it. Okay. I think yeah. there's nothing sexier than two straight Middle-aged. Men, middle-aged men mm-hmm. just taking a run at co-authoring some Steamy. romance novels. Steamy yeah. romance novels. Hell yeah. I happen to know, weirdly, I happen to know the romance reviewer at the New York Times. Oh, really? And I can ask her if wow, that's a maybe this brag. is something that is like America's ready for. Okay. It's going to be very exciting. They pol- politely um, remove their clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Bowed deeply at one another, <laughs> yeah. and then did um, well. Missionary intercourse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, my I, uh, my least favorite thing 
in mystery books, literal mm. mystery books, actual mystery books, like Jack yeah. Reacher books, yeah, like thriller books, is mm-hmm. when someone like Lee Child tries to describe. <laughs> that sex is scenes. a true thing. Of Jack Reacher is like the most awkward sexual <laughs> partner so of all time. I like to read Jack Reacher books, and he's like so cool about everything except that. When it gets to the sex scene, I'm just like, oh just like, God, oh, Lee. Jack. <laughs> yeah. try man maybe jack reacher can be like asexual or something because yeah. this is bad <laughs> shall we before we take a break review this novel mm-hmm. okay so what we like to do is we like to go to itunes uh tim cook has specifically asked us it's just us right and these um, books i mean he's always he's asked us specifically to do the bsc mystery books okay. there might be other Creators out there doing reviews for other series, okay. but I'm not yeah. sure. Who knows how Apple works? They're notoriously secretive about this kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. Tim Cook has asked us to review the books, and we take that really seriously, um, by which I mean we've read close to 200 of these, and we only started about five or six books ago. Yeah. We um, take it really seriously by starting about midway th- through the BSC Mysteries. Yeah. Not even midway. A third yeah. of the way. Yeah. So um, let's let's review the book. Um, I guess I'll. Shall I do it? I'll pull you up. You do it. I, I did it last time. Okay. I want to pull up iBooks. I'll, I post these on Goodreads. Thank you to everybody who has followed me on Goodreads. I hope that's um, I hope that's working out for you. Yeah. And please do, Riddle Babies, go and mark these as helpful. Uh, Tim. Yeah. Really likes to see a lot of engagement in the iBooks reviews. Yeah. He's kind of he's he's positioning it as the um, Facebook killer. He says, "Yeah, the he, says he really wants iBooks reviews to kind of be a place where people are connecting." Uh, so, especially, please do go find Jack's review and give it a, a "Was this review helpful?" Yes. Yeah, let's kill Facebook together. Yeah, um, I went ahead and gave it five stars. Yes, uh, okay. but you could just quickly. Can I offer a very quick amendment to that? Yeah. Five-star book. Uh, totally agree. Yeah. Beautiful story. Well-crafted. Uh-huh. Stacy book. Stacy book. Shit. So I'll gonna, I'm going to put that down to four stars. Four stars. And okay. we, we can clarify that it's a really great book, but we do automatically give it a star. We dock a star for it being a Stacy book. Okay. And uh, Stacy was pretty awful in this book. At times. At times. She, she did this over- whole extended like daydream fantasy where she imagined her and Parisian Oh yeah, Stacy. Like, what if Stacy was instead of being obsessed, born in and obsessed with New York City? Yeah. What if Stacy was Parisian and yeah. took us on that journey? Well, she also takes us on a journey about like the dreams she likes to have about Brewdoggy. Oh right, they're just like yeah. holding hands on the beach. That yeah. sucked. Yeah, four stars for that. Um, okay, let's let's. So I'm gonna give it four stars. We'll clarify it in the review. Let's hone in on a title here. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna pitch one at you. Okay. Be wary. And I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a little inspiration from uh, Vanessa Pike here. Okay. Be wary mm-hmm. of the red herrings. Hair and I'll should I just, I just do all caps for hair. Yeah, and red hair is all caps. And then can we do a winky face? Uh-huh. Okay. There's a winky emoji. That's great. You worry of the red herrings. He's going wink, wink. And that's not a come on, right? Um, 
Maybe put in parentheses after the winky guy. This is not a come on. Okay. Uh, and then I'll just I'll point an arrow at the winky. Don't do an arrow. Do the fin- do the finger emoji. So like open parentheses, oh, perf- finger emoji pointing at the winky yeah. guy. Love it. Yeah. This is not a come on. Great. That's great. I do like that a lot. So here's what I was thinking for the review. Um, so first of all, we'll say your thing. Um, we'll disclaim the, it at the end. Let's disclaim it at okay. the end. So here's what I've got. I got a couple of ideas. I'm thinking. So we didn't talk about the B plot at all, and this is a great opportunity to do it. Uh, Ellen is great. Ellen, I love Ellen. She's yeah. a gifted writer, and I love reading her books. Yeah. She is not as good as other ghostwriters or Anne herself at seamlessly incorporating. The B plot into the main story of the novel or having it tie into the A plot at all. Right. And so the B plot is literally just that Christy is planning a sleigh ride for a bunch of babies in Stony It's Christmas, by the way. It's Christmas, and she's planning a sleigh ride for them all to go on. But if it doesn't snow, it will be a hayride, and there's a lot of Sturm und Drang, as we say. About whether or not it's going to be a sleigh ride or a hayride. It ends up being a sleigh ride because it does snow. So I'm thinking something like this, Tanner. While the babysitting charges argue with each other about whether there's going to be a sleigh ride or a hayride, we're certain about one thing. This novel is a thrill ride. That's great. Okay. Comma. Okay, let me get that down first. Okay, you get that down. Okay. This novel is a thrill ride. Okay, and what? Comma. I'm, I'm going to put a semicolon. Okay, no comma. Yep. Which slayed us? Oh, I want to do an M dash for that. And made us say, "Hey, Which what a great mystery!" Slayed us, and I'm going to do that in all caps. And made us say, set off with a comma, open quotes. Hey, spelt like the horse, comma. And you spelled slay like the. Vehicle, yeah, right? yeah. Hey, what a great mystery! And now I want to use the same construction to say a second thing that that talks about the a plot. Tell me about what you think of this. While the escaped convict in this novel makes his way back to prison where he belongs, you will also find yourself a prisoner. Dot dot dot. To the captivating story this novel contains. Love it. Okay. I think th- there is some confusion or disagreement around whether or not the prisoner is bill brown and is going back to prison right but i think for the sake of this review i think it's fine to kind of assume that one day he will be caught and put back in prison yeah it's it's like a cat or mouse thing with these yeah with it really is someone like forensic scientist dr peggy, peggy. johansson mm-hmm. and known criminal the gray man the great man, Bill Grumman. Um, anything else you want to add before we go to our disclaimer about Stacey? Disclaimer. Okay. Colon. So, disclaimer. Colon. Yep. We love this book, but lo- as always, we automatically docked one star because Stacy is obnoxious. Period. Mm-hmm. This week, she wouldn't shut up about her daydreams with about Brewdoggy. Nor her fantasies of Parisian Stacy. And can I do the eye rolly emoji? Yes, yes. And then I would say again in parentheses after the eye roll. Not emoji, a come on. Not a come on. Great. And then we're okay. Perfect. Okay. Eye rolly emoji, and then parentheses. Because you just, just never know how just, these things are going to be interpreted. It's so hard to convey emotion in these things. Perfect. Okay. So 
Line break, line break. Jack Shepard, Tanner Green. P.S. Jack Shepard and Tanner Green. P.S. We love this one. Do we do an next? No, we don't do an exclamation point. We can. I think follow your heart, man. We, we love, love this, this one. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so here's what we got. Ready? Yes. Be wary of the red hair ings. Winky face. Side pointing emoji. This is not a come on. Can I just clarify? Okay. I just I don't want to. I don't want people to feel bad mm-hmm. if they did think it was a come on. Then to be like, oh, I'm not coming on to you. Right. That might make some people feel bad. So just say this not is not a come on. Period. We're married men. Okay, that's great. Just to be like. Listen, well, like, obviously, Perfect. if circumstances were different and I had met you 10 years ago, like, maybe there'd be something there, but... Okay, perfect. Winky face, side-pointing, finger emoji, this is not a come-on, we're married men. Yes. While the babysitting charges argue with each other about whether there's going to be a sleigh ride or a hay ride, we're certain about one thing. This novel is a thrill ride, which slayed us and made us say, hey... What a great mystery. Perfect. While the escaped convict in this novel makes his way back to prison where he belongs, you will also find yourself a prisoner. To the captivating story this novel contains, disclaimer, we love this book, but... Quick edit. Yep. Instead of saying we love this book, because we do say that in the the postscript, Mm -hmm. let's say this was an outstanding novel. Outstanding. Oh, oh, oh. Instead of outstanding, let's say, and this is in all caps, Mm -hmm. hair-raising hair raising because there's so much hair stuff in this one i'm gonna say outstanding and hair raising okay because you love modifiers well because hair raising isn't necessarily positive but if it's paired with outstanding it is okay this was disclaimer this was it and maybe we add in parentheticals after hair raising like remember the the red hair stuff from earlier in the review question mark okay i'm i'm in a parenthetical but i can add a double parenthetical yeah should I, should I do a winky face? And then face do the thing? winky face, but then you're going to have to add another level of parenthetical again. Okay. Winky face. Again, not a come on. Though if circumstances were different and we had met 10 years ago, maybe so, there would be something like Not, and then I'll do the 10 years ago. And circumstances were different. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay. Okay, so I'm just going to read that clause back. You and you're just gonna have to imagine I've got three different layers of parentheses. I had to use square brackets. That's fine. Disclaimer this was an outstanding and hair raising. Remember the red hair stuff from earlier in the review? Winky face, finger pointing left. Again, not a come on, but if we had met 10 years ago and circumstances were different, maybe there would be something there. Novel. But as always, we automatically docked one star because Stacy is obnoxious. This week, she wouldn't stop talking about her daydreams about Brewdoggy and her fantasies about Parisian Stacy. Eye roll emoji. Finger pointing left. This is not a come on. We're married men. And now that seems weird. Okay, and then let's take the married men off that one. Yeah. And just say, listen. But I can't stop thinking about you. We'll have conversations with our wives. <laughs> okay, that's great. And maybe we could invite you into our lovemaking or like let's not get make graphic. some kind of arrangement into our our in our lives in some way. Maybe we could make some kind of arrangement. Yes. Make some kind of arrangement that will at least acknowledge that the spark already growing between us may one day become a flame. Yes. Okay. That, okay. 
And that's great. And then we're just cutting print. Uh, that will set the world on fire or too much? Oh, yeah. No, I think that's great, actually. Okay. This is Dada Come On. Listen, we'll have conversations with our wives, and maybe we could make some kind of arrangement that will at least acknowledge that the spark already growing between us may one day become a flame that will set the world on fire. Line break. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. We love this one. That's great. I think that's perfect. And we can just. And then you're going to put that on Goodreads, too. Yeah, I'll throw that on Goodreads. (laughs) Okay, I've submitted it. And does your wife follow you on Goodreads? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a good way into having that conversation. <laughs> it's, a, it's great. It's a, it's a perfect opener. Yeah. Great. Shall we uh, take a quick break? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, goodbye. Mystery. I had an idea for a new segment. Okay. Inspired by this book. Okay. And... I suspect it'll come up quite a bit Mm -hmm. as we're reading, but I'm not totally sure. I guess I'll read the passage that sort of sets up the segment. I didn't have much time to wonder about the mystery of the empty house, though, since just then the other members of the BSC began to arrive. Shannon showed up first, looking exhilarated, and told us her debate team had just won a big match at another school. That gives Stony Brook Day one of the best records of the state, she said. We congratulated her. What was the debate about, asked Claudia. Well, it was mainly about whether the two-party system can survive in today's United States, said Shannon. My team's position was that it can't, because the changing political scene demands responsive. Claudia was nodding as if she knew what Shannon was talking about, but I had a feeling Shannon had lost her somewhere around mainly. (laughs) My new topic is called... Stony Brook Debate Society. (laughs) And my name is... um, Fallopian um, brew semen. Oh, boy. Okay. And I'm a high school student at Stony Brook Day School. My, my name is Pontificus Mastermind, and I am a high school student at um, Stony Brook Academy. Okay. And today's debate is whether or not the two-party system it makes sense for modern America. <laughs> okay. Stony Brook Academy, you'll go first. Um, we must smash the state. We must smash the phony apparatus of this oligarchy that controls us under the name of a two-party system. Choice, you say? It's a choice between two evils. What I propose is that we rise up and destroy the society that threatens to bring us down. Thank you. I'm Pontificus Mastermind. Uh, Stony Brook Day School, your rebuttal. I agree. <laughs> Let's burn this mother down. Uh, uh fallopian. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's why And that's the like, name I went with, fallopian. De- yeah, decades later when in the dystopian reality where like all records of anything have been destroyed, the like, the, the only like, things that Michaela remain are big yeah, big in like engravings that just have that that phrase let's burn this mother down comma fallopian, fallopian. <laughs> and nobody knows and that's why, why. it became a matriarchy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where women rule it's like well yeah. we're just listening to the the inscription we have <laughs> in the granite <laughs> the monolith um, and, and so they did and so we that was a great segment and I, it was so nice to get an insight into Anne's politics finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's an Anne is a, a, a anarcho capitalist. Yeah. <laughs>
who just believes in like the free market, just bringing down this, the two party system. Yeah, so good. That's so God. I wish she that. I bet that Ellen, because this happens early in the book, because it just it it like it does a dot dot dot. It does an ellipsis, and then it just like she trails off. I bet Ellen wrote that whole fucking speech. <laughs> Scholastic, like Ellen. Scholastic no. lawyers were no. like, uh-uh, <laughs> Ellen, fucking no. <laughs> These are 13-year-old girls, Ellen. You yeah. can't. And we're going to be on them. a watch list <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you put this in the book. <laughs> it, like The debate went on to explain how to make Molotov cocktails. <laughs> And like how to use how to do like the hackers thing where you do like the the numbers into the phone thing to dial into like government modems and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, remember, everyone used to talk about the anarchist cookbook. I when I, we were teens, I thought it was. I downloaded it off LimeWire oh, when cool. I was maybe. Of like, course, you fucking did. 10 or 11 or yeah. 12 and it was like and i printed it out at the school library i printed out the smart entire thing yeah and like brought it to school and was like oh check this out <laughs> like we can like beige box into the pentagon with this <laughs> and like i remember very clearly there was a recipe for in the anarchist cookbook there was a recipe for smoke bombs Oh, nice. And it involved acquiring something called saltpeter, which I'm still not 100% sure I know what that is. Yeah. But I remember thinking, like, oh, man, if only I could get my hands on some fucking saltpeter. Yeah. I could cook up some smoke bombs. You'd get, like, like, very quickly expelled from (laughs) Rocky Mountain High School. Rocky Mountain High. (laughs) Just immediately. Yeah. Um, I was uh, suspended for uh, writing graffiti all over... Washington International School. That's cool. What what was your tag? Uh, Smurf. <laughs> Never mind. It's not cool. <laughs> I, in in college, well into my adulthood, my friend Eli and I decided to start a graffiti troupe. Yeah, I think I've already explained this on the show. Oh yeah, where our th- our tags were signs of the periodic table. Oh, that's fucking cool. And I was Rutherfordium 104, God, and he was cool. Oxygen 8. That's awesome. And we only did that. like two tags in Boulder, Colorado, and then gave up. Uh, that's cool. Smash the state. Uh, download the Anarchist Cookbook. You think that's uh, still kicking around somewhere? Join a debate society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts at the bottom, people. If you want to yeah. change society. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I assume that that segment's going to... Pay dividends in the future. Oh, God, I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, Tanner, you know how Claudia is, Claudia Kishi is actually a sophisticated, fully sentient AI that Janine is building? Yes. Something that we have mentioned many times and that people, and I won't name them, remain skeptical of. What people? I've said I won't name them. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I'm skeptical of you. People. If you yeah. don't believe that Claudia yeah. is a sentient AI. I'm skeptical of you. And and I'm uh, skeptical of your intentions. Yeah, exactly. Why do you wish us harm? Just because we disagree? Why don't you why don't you pull the veil from your fucking eyes and yeah. stop believing everything that yeah. you see on Fox News? Oh wait, did I say people? I meant to say sheeple. Sheeple. Yep. It's because it's like because if it's like sheep. Yeah, sheep. Yeah. Okay, sheeple, listen to this. No, mused Claudia. 
The only thing they might do, if they had the manpower, that is, would be to stake out the house. They're talking about whether they should call the police. She had a familiar look in her eyes, the Nancy Drew look, I call it. It's as if her mind becomes this computer, flipping through the girl detective database, pulling out all the mystery-solving possibilities. Oh, that's interesting, Anne Hmm. and Ellen. Almost like she's some kind of mystery-solving computer that's been developed. (laughs) Like we've been fucking telling you. I just so to you rub think rub that in now, but that's interesting. Yeah, well, in this universe, <clears throat> in this universe, but is is what is is? Are you saying that Anne developed the Claudia AI in the main series and for spent, different reasons, f- and spent 130 books fleshing out this AI just so that she could have a crime-solving intelligence for the mysteries? I think that is what I'm saying. Because that, that colors the entire original series. Yeah. Well, Anne makes all so her money off the mysteries. The, uh, the main canon is, a, is, a, is what we call a loss leader. Loss leader, right. She, ma- she made nothing out of the main canon books. She when makes she all of her money her out of the thing, mysteries. She was like, oh, I will uh, do the BSC books for $1. Right, $1. But I get 100% I want profits yeah. spinoffs. Yeah. That... May result from this series of novels. And, and the, Scholastic and the, rolls their eyes and they're like, oh, Anne, we're not going to. Yeah. These books, they're, no one's right. going to respond to these. Sure. There's yeah. not going to be any spinoffs. Yeah. But There's the not going to be Kids in Miss Coleman's Class, yeah. California Diaries, Mysteries, Super Specials, Super Mysteries. None of that's going to happen. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. She made 131 total dollars off of the main canon and all of the money comes out of the mysteries, which the toys, are the powered by the engine of the main canon, which yep. was just her developing this AI. Yep. And now you do know that. Um, and if I ever was an MC of an event where I was introducing Anne, I would be like, and now the author of The Kids in Miss Coleman's Class, right. Anne M. M. Martin. Right. That's great. <laughs> just to fuck with her. Well, I wouldn't fuck with her. She would love that. Uh, Tanner, I would love to ask you a question in the form of a poem. Oh, okay. We still okay. do the poems. Yes. And Sometimes. what we do is I read a gothic poem, and that introduces the segment, and I would like to begin doing that right now. Oh, taunt, thou art sick. A very good bird that stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to have to call the burn unit. It's our burn of the week. Burn of the week. Ellen Miles does not put a lot of burns in these books. Ellen is not much of a burn. It's almost like she's trying to avoid them. It almost feels every week. Because I often see an opportunity for a burn, and she'll just like skid around it. Yep. Yeah. Every week I panic as I'm reading the chapters tick by. Chapter one, no burns. Chapter two, no burns. Each of these books is only fifteen chapters. Right. And. By the time I reach like chapter eight and there's no burns, I'm always just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, what are I we have do? to find something. Yeah, and it's and it, promised it, us one thing, which is that she would put a burn in each book. It's always very slim pickings in these yeah. books, but I did find one kind of. I guess I I yeah. found something. Yeah, I've got I've got a burn. So let's hear let's hear yours. Okay, I ran all the way over to Claudia's house and pounded on the front door. What is it? Claudia asked when she came downstairs to find me and Carrot panting at the front door. Hair, I said. Air, 
she asked. <laughs> you need oxygen? Is that why you're breathing so hard? Should I call 911? I shook my head vehemently. Hair, I repeated, still trying to catch my breath. Hair? You're having a hair emergency? Like a really, really bad hair day? She looked at me, <laughs> she looked me over. I, it's a little mussed up, but it's not that bad, she said, <laughs> grinning a little. Really, Stace, what's the matter? <laughs> It's a burn on Stacy's hair, but it's also a burn on like Stacy is running from who what she thinks is an escaped convict that is attacking her in the house, and Claudia is is like winkily pretending that it's She's a hair being emergency. Fun and lighthearted, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. I like. But that hair, a lot. Stacey's hair did look like shit that day. It looked like shit. And can we talk about the cover of this book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Karis. it. I guess, yeah, Karis, get in here. <laughs> Girls who keep the cradle rocking Show their fear and pain and wonder As their world is torn asunder Can you hear them buzzing, crying? Can you feel their bonds untying? Try to free them from their prose Show them to us now swallow uh okay and now she's done okay good and you don't sing that your song swallow me down oh because last time you had a much longer one yeah that's too long Okay, good. Thank you, Karis. Thank you, Tanner. This is where we talk about the amazing book covers by Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow. This week, there are a couple things that stand out. I know that we're in the middle of Burn of the Week. Don't you worry. It's actually called... It's called Inception. Um, I was going to say Conflagration of the Fortnite, but that's not right. <laughs> no, that's a, that's our other podcast. Um, uh, Riddle Babies, if you didn't know this, we have a whole other podcast called yeah. the Babysitter's Club, Little Sister, Little Elite, Big uh, Big Sister, Little Episodes, Big Elite Episodes, available on Patreon for just $5 a month. And if you like this show, it's essentially just more of it. Yeah. There's even except, Burn of the Week, and it's called Conflagration of the Fortnite. <laughs> except it's more elite, and we sing the descriptions. So please go subscribe. Okay, so a few things. I'm looking at this cover now. A few things stand out. One, that's not Stacy. That's not Stacy. No. no. I've seen Stacy. That's not Stacy. I've seen Stacy. I've seen a few Stacys in my time, and that's not Stacy. As I can't remember who it was who said this, but as one of our great politicians said, I know Stacy. Stacy was a friend of mine. Yeah. And you, person on this book cover, you're no Stacy. Right. Yep. And here's what's happening. One thing that's interesting that's happening is that she's wearing th- literally the ugliest jacket that I've ever seen in my life. And it's this fucking life. jacket that they won't shut up about the entire book. <laughs> they won't shut up about it in the book. The but book also- opens with her being at Bel Air's being yeah. like, oh, I got this cool, this like beautiful jacket that everyone fucking loves. Stacy would not this wear guy. this. Stacy would not wear this. Stacy wouldn't wear any of the things she's wearing in this photo. It, you know what this jacket looks like? It looks like if S- Santa was down on his luck and had started living on the streets for a long time. It's bad. That's that's the first thing that stands out about this cover. The second thing that stands out about this cover is that it is essentially an Escher painting. If you look at what Stacy's doing with her hand, she's touching the banister of the stairs in a way that totally warps the entire perspective of 
the painting. You're which, right. She should be several feet behind right. the banister, yeah. but it looks as though she is touching it. And so that is Hodges in brilliantly and subtly depicting what actually happens in this novel, which, as we both know and you discovered, is that it's a house of temporal shifting. It's not an empty house. It's a house sure. that's full of time, too full of time. And so that's what's happening. Uh, Hodges has brilliantly depicted the temporal shifting of the house. And the final thing that I would like to talk about about this cover is what Hodges has said to us, which is a very odd thing to say to anyone. And what he has said to us is, did you ever get the feeling you weren't alone? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that or it's say that like that? Hodges. Yeah. What are did you saying, Hodges? Are you saying you're he, are you near me? Did he, but weren't alone? Like the tense the tense construction in this is all wrong. Okay. So it's he like, means I like, would say, hey, have you, you ever had you the child that you're not alone is what I would say. But he that's not what he wants. That's not no. what he wants to invoke. He wants to say, "Hey, remember when yeah. you were a child and you were yeah. lying in bed?" Yeah. And you had that f- weird feeling that made you uneasy yeah. that you, you weren't alone. You weren't. I was there. <laughs> I Hodges was there and I was watching over you. Yeah. Oh, so that's what he's saying. What he's saying, the punctuation is bad. What he's saying is, did you ever get the feeling you weren't alone? Yeah. When you got that feeling, you weren't. You weren't. And there was yeah. two fet- sets of footprints in the sand. And, and it was that is me. Where Hodges, Hodges was the second <laughs> footprint. And I live in your house. It's not empty. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, but it's also kind of comforting, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Hodges is always watching. I kind of like that Hodges is there. Yeah, gives me solace. Uh, gives me solace as well. This was a scary book. That's not Stacy on the cover, and she talks about not being Stacy. She talks about this fucking French Stacy. Cause, oh right, because it's at the beginning when Maureen is saying, well, "Oh, the I, French I, version of Stacy P." I'm gonna look but, it up. Because Stacy is like, "What if you had married?" this French guy that you fell in love with. And then she's like, then I wouldn't be. And then she's like, well, I would be. I'd just be a French version of me. She encapsulates this sense of possible worlds that we've talked about in these novels. When you make a choice, it reverberates throughout the multiverse, is what Stacy's saying here. And in one version of the multiverse, we have a French Stacy. I'm trying to figure this out. Like, you know how Michael would be Michel. Right. In oh, French. I see. Okay, that's useful. I don't think that there is sort of a well, it'd be Anast- Anastasia. Frank, it's Frank Anastasia. F- okay, and yeah, so it'd probably be Anastasia. Anastasia, yeah, yeah. I just don't think there's there's a French version of of Stacy. Anastasi, Anastasi, Anastasi. Yeah. God, French Stacy would be insufferable. Oh, I'm from Paris and I have diabetes. Just fucking let it go. We know you're from Paris. Anastasi. Yeah. Yeah, that would be French Anastasia. Anastasia. Okay, let's kick back up and do my burn. Oh, sure. Yep. Um, here's my burn. You ready? Yep. It's a burn on the entire BSC. And it goes like this. After a short visit with Carrot, Marianne and I headed over to Jessie's. It's a car- yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Karis is her name. The oh, woman who performs. Yeah, and it, well, I'm talking about the Carrot. The song. It's the name of the dog in the book is Carrot. Carrot. Carrot is the name of the dog, and it would be just if you think about it for a second, it would be really fucking weird if they were talking about Karis, who performed the theme song for Art Swallow You. It would be weird. That would be weird. In the form of a gothic poem, because we asked her to. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Karis. (laughs) After a short visit with Carrot, Marianne and I headed over to Jesse's. Everybody else was already there, and they were gathered in the kitchen. 
Christy was making popcorn in the microwave. Claudia and Mal were stirring up dip and putting chips into bowls. Shannon was pouring soda for everyone. And Jessie was heaping a plate with brownies she'd just taken out of the oven. Ahem, I said. Is this a stakeout or a pig out? <laughs> yeah! She's calling them pigs. That you're all pigs. You're all pigs. Were we talking about pig people last week? No, that was in the other feed, right? That was in the, okay. <laughs> the, the elite that. episode. She's calling the them pig pigs. family. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, calling them they're pigs. All pigs. They're being pigs. Yeah. And that's the burn, and it's a burn on the BSC, and it's by Stacy. Yeah, it's a burn on um, Alec. It's a burn on Alec Baldwin. Okay, and why is that? From that time, like five years ago, where he was in the okay, tabloids yeah. for calling his daughter a pig. Because Kim Basinger's yeah, daughter, like this, the recording leaked of like a voicemail he left yeah. his daughter, where he called her a pig for for failing to keep a date with him. Yeah. Okay. This has been our celebrity blast from the past. This is called. This is called. Uh, Parenting tips from Alec and Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, <laughs> and this is this is one of the uh, weekly what not to do. Yeah, as a parent, what not to do. It's fine to call your boy a fussy bitch or a messy <laughs> a messy bitch before yeah. he can understand what you're saying. Who lives for the drama? Who lives for the drama? But yeah. do not call your late teen aged daughter a pig. a pig under any circumstances for missing a an appointment. Agree. Sorry, Alec. Sorry if you're a listener. Um, hey, I, I assume oh. that he's he's learned from that mistake and grown. So, yeah, nothing to apologize for. Good. Except it sounds like you're apologizing for Alec Baldwin's behavior. Well, if she was being a pig. <laughs> okay. Good. Great. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Tanner, I would like to get the fuck out of here and leave okay. and go and okay. and go because we're having make your own pizza night. Okay, I'm going to go home and take care of my sick child and wife. Okay. They're both sick. Yeah. When, when I'm going to go one... care for them, like the tender caregiver that I am. Yeah. When one and What baby... are you going to do? Eat pizza with your buds? Yeah. Matt? Yeah, Matt. PJ? Yeah. Shayna might be there. Shayna, who's yeah. going to design our new shirt? Yeah. Laura. Is that and... her last name? No, someone called Laura, Matt's okay. wife. Okay. Alicia? And... Uh, I don't know if Alicia's going to be there. Siri Zach. will be there. Now you're just making people up. Summer. Stop naming my friends. Let's leave. So we're going to go and leave. And what we like to do at this time <laughs> is to remind you, as we already recently just did, to go and subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. It is just $5 a month, and you get a whole new show, and we sing the intros. We sing the intros, and it's good, and it's just more of this. Um, buy our merch. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch we have, and I promise you, well, because our lady at uh, DFTBA, don't forget to be awesome, keeps pestering us, but also yeah. because Jack has been in touch with someone who is coming to his pizza party later to develop it, we do have merch on the way. Yeah, we, I think we're going to do a limited edition uh, Strike Against the Patriarchy t-shirt. Oh, it's going to be so fucking rad. I think that's going to be pretty rad. Did uh, I tell you Maybe that something else. I wore my Stony Brook uh, boys basketball t-shirt the entirety of the time that I was in the hospital. No, And had a sticker, uh, a visitor sticker on it yeah. that I accidentally threw into the wash, and now my shirt is ruined. Oh, no. So I have to go buy a new one. That's, well, and that's what's great about that is... It's going right into the coffers. I, I get some of the proceeds from that. <laughs> And so I want you to think that when you hit 
buying. send on buying that T-shirt. Is like I just might. Just I love that shirt, and I might buy me. like another five. That shirt is fucking just great. to make sure like I'm covered a, for the rest of my life. If you don't have a Prezioso boys basketball, it's so t-shirt, good. It's Baby Nation, fucking it's dope. such a handsome shirt designed by Baby B John at Fox the Devil. I went to it's a bookshop so last week, and the lady just goes, "Is that your name?" And I was like, "What?" She was like, is that your real name? And then I realized I was wearing that shirt, and I was like, yeah, I'm Mr. Prezioso. <laughs> I fucking wish. She was like, that is such a great name. Uh, buy our merch, rate and review our show on iTunes, and more importantly, uh, upvote our review yep, for this novel. ITunes, so Tim Cook <laughs> notices us. Don't, do, don't waste your time doing that if you could also. Well, do that, but give us five stars for our podcast while you're at it. This week, Riddle Babies, we read a novel that was called Stacy. And the mystery at the empty house. Next week, we're going to be reading a book called Christy and the Missing Fortune. Ooh. Um, this week, Riddle Babies, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And has been this week. Please remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. And Riddle Babies, remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip, man. <laughs> and take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. We say all of that the way- <laughs> for the, the mystery shows. <laughs> <laughs> and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just, just been, been invented. invented. Zendaya is Michi. I didn't have much time to wonder about the mystery of the haunted house or the mystery of the empty house, though. I didn't have much time to wonder about the mystery of the haunted house, though. Fuck. You said it again. Wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.